Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another edition of uh, Masala PTI. Here's your host, Arvind Srinivasan. Before I introduce uh, my partner in crime, Ravi, uh, I have to congratulate him on a great news. Ravi, how do you feel about your hero, the tall, the lanky, Sun Devil Brock Osweiler getting an audition with uh, the Codes? Oh, yeah, see... <laughs> I don't know what the the course fans are more sad about luck retiring or them <laughs> getting Osweiler because uh, uh, you know it feels like every year there has to be a mention of Osweiler working out with some team or the other it's almost as if the GMs and the scouts do not watch the NFL isn't uh, Mike uh, Lombardi, the, the NFL expert, he calls him the heist or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls <laughs> him the heist. Like the, the money he made uh, uh, at Houston or the contract he got. Right, uh, right. Lombardi thinks it's literally the biggest heist in the history of the universe. <laughs> yes, yes. But still, we have to stick up for our uh, fellow Sun Devil. Uh, as probably listeners uh, know or maybe they do not know, both me and Ravi went to Arizona State during the Jake Plummer era, and I, I would say probably Brock Osweiler has been the only way of hope since then for any kind of NFL success. Maybe a little bit of Andrew Walters in the middle. Do you remember him? Yeah, he played for the Raiders, right? Or rather, he yes. was on the Raiders roster for some time. Yes, he at least was not as maligned as uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, it's hard to say who had the worse or the better career, but at least he, he didn't make the kind of money... Osweiler made, and that opens you up for criticism, right? It's funny how money changes perception. Exactly. Because I still remember the reason he got the money he got was because he was uh, quite reasonably good uh, for Denver when Peyton Manning was injured, you know, for half of that season. Exactly. Uh, To the point where there was at least a certain school of thought when the Broncos made the playoffs, that they should have let uh, Brock yes. be the starting quarterback, right? Right, the there was team. definitely a controversy. It was the fading years of uh, Manning, obviously. And this guy, if you remember, he bet uh, the Patriots on like a Sunday night or Monday night or something. Yes, yes. He was yes. awesome. <laughs> You're right, though, that I think a, a big... Uh, uh, you know, needle mover for any of us in any sport for that matter, but especially in football and more specifically for QBs, is the size of their contract. Uh, otherwise, yes. uh, you know, he may have been the same player or he probably is the same player he was then. It's just that uh, one started assuming that he had to be elite in order to justify the contract he got. Definitely, yes. Anyway, that's a good tangent to start the show with, Ravi, and um, um, we will be getting into a whole bunch of uh, NFL-related issue on this one, and this is the time of the year. Uh, let's start with uh, the biggest news of last week, which is uh, Andrew Luck retiring, right? Uh, that shocked everybody, including myself. And Ravi, I have primarily three thoughts. Let me go over that, and, and you can uh, jump in with what okay. you took away from the whole thing. Three things is about the retirement itself, 
the reaction of the crowd and whether uh, or not uh, Adam Schefter should have done what he did. So on the retirement itself, I think uh, I'm pretty sure he was not going to play this year. I cannot imagine Andrew Luck walking away uh, if he was literally ready to suit up for week one. Uh, the feeling I get, and again, this is not an original thought. A lot of uh, people, a lot of experts have uh, said the same thing. We don't know much about that injury, right? The calf strain or whatever they called it I have a feeling not that I know him or his doctor or anything like that but I'm pretty sure I'm willing to bet like you know a million dollars that he probably was told that he was not going to be able to play this year not in week one not in week four maybe in the second half or possibly yet to rehab the entire year and uh, come back next year so the timing is one of the controversial things in this retirement, but I think it's a non-factor because the only reason he's walking away is because I think he was not going to play game week one or any part of the first half of the season at least uh, this year. I cannot imagine him again walking away with just a couple of weeks to go for a regular season and him being healthy. So that's the, my take on the retirement itself. He, like he said, he just got tired and walked away, right? And secondly, as he walks away, the crowd at the end of the game booed, right? And then, you know, there was a lot of reaction to that. I always come out on the pro-people side of this, uh, primarily because, uh, you know, the, the people are being ripped off by these billionaire owners and in some ways indirectly by the multi-millionaire athletes, right? So I blame the business of sports. People are just not in a happy place for loyalty and things like that, right? Uh, they probably paid $2,500 for some crappy season tickets. And then a week before the game starts, you're saying, you know, the season is basically dead, right? And, you know, can you imagine how many people probably walked in buying like a $200 Andrew Luck jersey for that on that day, like just like a couple of hours before the uh, kickoff? And I don't expect them to be very, you know, sane or very composed in the reaction to this. And like I think Colin Cowherd or somebody was saying on uh, CBS Sports, I think it was Colin, that in the immediate aftermath of some some of these uh, actions, people are angry and confused. So you cannot expect a very sane and composed reaction. So I'm finally I'm I'm totally okay with them booing him as much as I love luck and I would have never booed him myself personally if I was in the stands but I'm, I totally get where you know the fans are coming from they're they're constantly being ripped off by these owners and the league they are spending a lot of money on these things and anytime you're disappointing disappoint them they have a right to react is my take on this and they pay all of you anyways right uh, they are your lunchbox whether you are the owner player agent you know, ESPN, whoever. That's my take on that. And finally, you know, there's the toughest one for me, Ravi, is uh, what, well, how to react to what uh, Adam Schefter uh, did. Uh, basically, what I'm talking about is there's been some controversy around whether or not he should have uh, leaked the news. I believe it was in the middle of the game, wherein, you know, Luck was standing on the sidelines and it became a completely weird uh, situation. And then, luck gets booed on the way out 
Uh, my take on this is, you know, a lot of people, including Peter King, has kind of supported him on this, saying he's a reporter and that's his job. He was just reporting news. I totally get that. But at the same time, uh, I'm okay with leaking stuff ahead of time. But this situation where he's actually in the stadium, on the sidelines, in the middle of the game, uh, I, I didn't feel comfortable about that. And, and also, you know, he's Schefter. He's, he's not some 19-year-old kid fighting for a job at ESPN, right? I think he has enough uh, goodwill and enough... He should have been secure enough to just eat this news until the end of the game at least. But then again, we all like to do better at our job and be successful every day, so I guess he got pulled into that. But I, I, I am a little bit torn on that. I wish he had not leaked the news at an appropriate time. So that's my take on that. So I would like to listen your... Uh, reaction to that last point first and then anything else you want to add on the whole luck situation a very very solid analysis arvind on the last point and i'll go reverse chronology on the last point uh, i agree uh, with your take on shefter on the basis of one thing you said which is if this was your rookie beat writer for the courts who was trying to make a name for himself or herself or kind of establish themselves on a national stage, this would not be a problem at all. Right. Schefter did not need this, right? I mean, exactly. on the contrary, to me, this is an opportunity where in some way, shape or form, if it had come out later, that Schefter knew about it exactly when he came to know about it, but intentionally decided to withhold the quote-unquote breaking news aspect of it until whatever the following morning or until after luck was done you know addressing the media i think it would have only added further credibility to Schefter and the work that he does and i think he is the best in any case so totally agree with you i think that part was a little jarring not that it was wrong it just felt a little jarring right in regards to the where I agree with you the most and which also then by default uh, uh, points to where I don't agree with you as much. So where I agree with you the most is in regards to the fan reaction. Because it is kind of, again, it is jarring. It is It was kind of sad to see Luck getting booed off the field. But again, this was the domino effect of A, the news breaking out during the game. So there was a live open platform for people to express their emotion versus hearing, reading, watching about it and then expressing their emotion first on a, at an impulsive level, level in their own cocoon right. and then kind of letting out a more dignified form of group expression. Here, the first instance they reacted was in a group uh, environment. So, A, impulsive reaction has limited control on itself. So, therefore, I don't blame them for it. Second thing is even logically... Mm -hmm. I agree, agree with you that I think we are talking about there being this general angst amongst the, you know, amongst all of us common people that here's a situation where there are billionaire owners who are kind of screwing millionaire players uh, and then the millionaire players typically crib about it. And at the <laughs> end of it all, the guys or the people that are paying for all of these people to be billionaires and millionaires are people who have literally no, not even a dream of being at that level. Exactly. So now, you buy season tickets assuming that you have your franchise QB for the next decade and then two days before the season, he leaves and now your, you know, season tickets are not even worth half the price that you bought bought, bought it for. You have every right to kind of uh, evoke 
the same reaction as you would if you bought the the hottest you know unicorn stock and then eventually it turns out that the ceo is retiring you know two days or resigning uh, due to some scandal two days before you thought that you're going to make a million bucks so that part i completely agree so before all of these uh, you know uh, these uh, uh, shoulders to cry on type of people who come and say that you know luck did a lot of courageous things and this and that and the uh, fans should respect that all of that is fine you cannot begrudge their reaction at all is my 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 opinion on that even further to enhance my point is the timing of what luck did and i agree i think you are absolutely right that i think till the time he finally decided he probably harbored a certain hope that he is still going to be able to play only when he finally realized and he was told in no uncertain terms that he will miss this season it finally got to a point where he said i am not willing to waste or you know rehab for one more year and then kind of have uh, a, a decent chance of coming back i think he was done mentally all of that being the case it still kind of you know feels like he totally screwed with the courts by doing this two weeks before uh, season starts because it has left them with a no option right. recourse and b in a contractual hole from which they obviously weren't able to extricate themselves right i mean they could have yeah. said that we would want your money back but they didn't do that they did the decent thing which unfortunately puts them in a contractual hole as well right right that's you know that's the part where i'm convinced that uh, he, he, you know he didn't really hurt them because i don't think he was going to play at all but then again what do we know right we are just guessing but i strongly feel like uh, that is the case i think i don't know why they are not being very open with that either that's the other mystery with this because i think he has had so many injuries they are trying to play it very uh, you know be very secretive about this i feel like they told him that this is again another major injury that he's not going to be able to come back in any short time and maybe that's why he uh, he walked away but anyway that's speculation on my part so your point is fair too uh, assuming uh i'm not right or i don't know what i'm talking about which is entirely likely um uh, your point is well taken too the timing of it the the you know all of that is questionable um however you would think that the ownership and the front office knew more than you and me right so uh, it'll be interesting at some point i'm i'm expecting some of this to come out plus the fact that you mentioned that they paid him tells me that he may be at least they are harboring hope that he may come back actually but he's a very sharp guy i i don't think he's one of those impulsive you know the gronk type guys so yeah. i'd be shocked if he comes back but he's young enough where he can totally change his mind recover and come back what's your take on that do you expect him to come back you know i don't know how how seriously this will be taken but my sense is that uh Uh, or my conspiracy theory on this is that he will retire for a couple of years right about until the time when brady is ready to retire himself and then hoodie will bring luck back as the starting qb for the new england patriots oh man nice i like that <laughs> you should uh, copyright that i don't know if i ever heard it uh, anywhere else <laughs> that, that would be that would be like you know you know what that would remind me of when the warriors got uh, boogie last year and the whole twitter exploded people are so yes. pissed that would be my reaction if uh, pats and hoodie get luck after a couple of years 
Exactly. Because the think about it, if you, in 2023, mm-hmm. uh, the New England Patriots are led by starting quarterback Andrew Luck and a completely reformed uh, number one wide receiver in the league, Josh Gordon. Now, <laughs> can we put it past Hoodie to make that happen? Well, not really. Well, the second part, I'm not with you on that. I know you're a big Josh Gordon guy. Uh, you, yeah. You would probably be in jail before he is... Uh, uh, <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it looks like we are mostly on the same page with uh, Luck. Um, Now, let's move on to the season itself, right? Um, One thing I wanted to do, Ravi, is basically talk about who do we think are going to be the uh, division winners as well as what do we see in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Ready for some projections? Let's do it. I don't know how accurate, uh, 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 at least I will be, uh, but but yeah, willing to give it a shot. Well, the, in NFL, the good thing about the NFL is nobody is accurate. Uh, because as you <laughs> know, half of the playoff teams don't even make the playoffs next year, I believe. And oftentimes the team which loses the Super Bowl doesn't even make it anywhere close to Super Bowl the next year. So uh, we can just you know predict away. Let me start, and let me start with the easiest division of all, at least as it stands today, uh, the AFC uh, East, right? I, I guess I go with uh, the Patriots. Uh, to me, the only interesting question is who is number two? Um, well, who do you pick, and who do you pick for number two? I think Buffalo is going to be the second best team there. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I agree with you on the Patriots. It's uh, and to me, the biggest reason why it, that's a no-brainer is that they'll probably start the season six and zero, given that they need to play uh, Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets twice each. So that's like six wins for the Patriots without batting an eyelid, irrespective mm-hmm. of past history where Miami has given them trouble and all of that. I know. I was just going to say it's 5-1 and one because Miami always wins at home for some yeah, reason. But this year, I genuinely cannot see any logical reason how Miami gets past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of this, despite the fact that I feel uh, uh, Patriots don't look as, uh, uh, you know, at least on paper, as dominant as they have in the past, what, decade or so. Uh, but still, I think they have little to no opposition in my mind. Who will finish number two? Just on in the process of elimination, I think I agree with you that Buffalo has the best chance not to finish last. <laughs> True, that I can't believe how bad the division has been throughout this run, and uh, it's great for Hoodie and uh, Brady as if they need any more help. That division has been nothing but help for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the, let's go to the uh, more interesting division. Uh, why don't you start? AFC North. So, AFC North, uh, it is interesting. You're right, because the one team that I know probably has no chance is the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the more the, the more I thought about it, and I started, I started assuming it's going to be the Steelers again, the Browns are an up-and-coming team who's you know, whose, whose time will come maybe in a year or two. The Ravens are the Ravens. They'll kind of be that gritty 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven type of a team. So, it is probably the Steelers. But the more I've thought about it, you know what? I'm like, I'm, to your earlier point, I'm probably not going to be accurate. I'm probably not going to kind of uh, be right anyway. So, might as well put my bets on the team that I feel is the most exciting of them all. And that is the Browns. So, I see the Browns 
taking over from the Steelers as uh, the winner of this division. Now, oh, that's what I expected from you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to differ on that. I I'm going to stick with the uh, usual, right? I think Pittsburgh pulls it off uh, this year. I I think Cleveland will be good, but probably not good enough to win the division. I expect some, you know, uh, resurgent uh, play from Pittsburgh as well because I think they were just sick and tired of both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Now that right. they're gone, they may have some additional juice to prove uh, everybody is wrong and things like that. So I expect a strong start from them and actually take the division. Um, by the way arvin so just a quick point you what you said you know i was chuckling and i, I, I agree with you as well on them maybe getting better because or despite and probably because of losing bell and brown and uh, it reminded me of what bill simmons usually says right his his ewing theory yes uh, <laughs> so i i see a ewing theory use case working out for the steelers this year i i i i can see that happening as well right right speaking of bill simmons is also a little bit of the other theory he talks about right nobody believes in us uh, theory too a little bit with bell and antonio brown gone people may not make our questioning pittsburgh a little bit more they may use that as motivation and billboard material as well exactly um sorry bulletin board what am i saying billboard um the let me go to afc south then there it was going to be colts all the way until lux uh, luck pulled this uh, retirement on us now i'm a little bit confused to be frank with you but i think i'm going to go with uh, uh jacksonville um i'm tempted to pick houston but the, i see some question marks there and um you know we have to put our stock in uh, bd4 and uh, basically go with jacksonville um what's your call on that so i was 5149 jacksonville as well but because you know just to kind of make it spicy i'll go houston okay um I think Jack Jacksonville probably is a more fundamentally solid team on all three sides of the ball uh and you know it kind of almost embarrasses me to say this but Houston <laughs> losing Lamar Miller has actually made them worse so uh, uh so that is true where I think uh, I think I can see or how I think Houston still overcoming that is a uh, I cannot believe that they will stand pat without making a move for a running back and it could happen as early as you know this weekend once uh, the final cuts happen uh-huh. there is a good likelihood of them getting one of those carlos hyde lashon mccoy uh, type of uh, uh, tj elden type of running backs so i think they will bolster their offense their defense has always been kind of uh, decent uh, so i see houston repeating as the division winners That's a good point uh, the running back situation will have a big impact on what happens there but uh, yeah I wouldn't be shocked if Houston wins but for now I'm going to pick uh, Jacksonville uh, let's see what uh, Nick Foles does there uh, AFC West that is also uh, a easy division for me though uh, people are pretty divided because of how high they are on Chargers for me it's Kansas City all the way um I think Chargers would be the wild card. By the way, let me give my wild card as well. I pick um, uh, uh, Chargers and Houston as my wild card, which means I'm leaving your team Cleveland out of it 
completely, uh, <laughs> Ravi. So I think they'll be good, maybe even eight and eight. Uh, but I'm going to leave them out for now. Maybe uh, that's wrong, but you know that's how I feel. How about you with the AFC West and the White? Yeah, Cups? I'm with you. I'm with you on the on the Chiefs uh, as being the winners of the West AFC West. Uh, I think their offense may be the most potent in the entire league, and that in itself will help them overcome. Uh, they're less than mediocre defense. The Chargers might make it interesting, but again, the Chargers being who they are, they always make things interesting until three fourths of the season is done, and then they yeah. basically, uh, <laughs> you know, decide to uh, end the season eight and eight. And that's probably what may happen to them. Despite which, I think I also am going to uh, predict uh, them as being one of the wild card teams. The other one being the Steelers. So I see. Cleveland winning that division, Steelers finishing as a wild card, and the same here where the Chiefs win it, Chargers are the wild card. Okay. So, our biggest uh, point of contention is uh, Cleveland. That's, uh, I love that. Uh, right. Cool. Why don't you start with uh, in the NFC? Pick any division you want to. Yeah, so let's let's go with the NFC uh, South, uh, where and I just decided to do that because that's to me the easiest call. I see New Orleans, uh, uh, you know, being an offensive juggernaut. I think their defense is much improved this year, um, and it makes big plays. And I think for what it's worth, it uh, you know it it will keep it, it will ensure that they don't lose because of their defense, mm-hmm. and their offense is more than. Uh, sufficient in uh, overcompensating at the other end. So, I think New Orleans wins it. Carolina may give them a little bit of a tough fight, but uh, nothing should prevent uh, the Saints from winning the South. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think uh, New Orleans is a fantastic team, actually. And I'm really impressed with uh, uh, Coach Sean Payton and how he has very nicely transformed that team a little bit. Now, they've been trying to fix the defense for feels like a decade but it feels like finally they did pull that off a little bit last year and like you said maybe more so this year and their offense has transitioned really well as well from a completely breeze centric offense to a little bit more of a balanced attack so I don't see a lot of holes in that team uh, and I really like their chances uh, this year agree with you on that so let me go to NFC uh, East, which is again a tricky one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I would feel a little bit better if Zeke is back, but even otherwise, I give a slight edge to the Cowboys. I think, again, going back to your point about New Orleans being a balanced team on both sides of the ball, I see the same with uh, Dallas, and I think they have enough to kind of keep uh, Philly away and take that division. Now, obviously, Philly is a very strong contender. And, oh, I forgot to mention something. I agree with you on Carolina. I would actually give them even a little bit more credit than you, Ravi. And I think it's going to be a tough one for New Orleans, but I think I'll pull it off. Uh, They will pull it off. Same thing with the NFC East. I think it'll be tough for Cowboys, but I give them a slight edge. How about you? Same. Cowboys winning it. I, uh, In fact, I also was going to say the same thing as you regarding the Eagles. I think Eagles should be uh, good enough to make it a two-team race, uh, to, to make it a two-team race in the NFC East. Uh, but I think overall, uh, the Cowboys are uh, the going to be the better team. The only question mark is how long Zeke is going to be out. 
and if he gets back as early as week one or even a little bit later than that, it only will further consolidate the Cowboys as the clear winners of this division. Yes, and uh, you know they have some backups too. I like that Pollard guy, and indeed. he may indeed. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, why don't you go with the next division of your choice? So then, uh, yeah. So let's keep the NFC West for for the last. So I'll go NFC North, and there, this made me think through quite a bit because. Uh, I can see the Bears uh, making it a fairly competitive uh, division. How can you discount Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, especially without Mike McCarthy? So, literally, I don't know what to expect from the Packers other than I wouldn't be surprised if they end up 14-2. and two. <laughs> So, Green Bay Packers would be the other one. But given that it's 0-0, we are about to start the season, what is the best-looking team on paper I say the Vikings. So, Minnesota Vikings are my choice to win the NFC North. Nice. Um, yeah, I thought... I actually was going back and forth between the Bears and the Packers. And I actually settled on the Packers. Um, mm. I know there's a lot of question marks. But again, like you said, I like Aaron Rodgers to, you know, do his thing. Um, I think he's probably feels a little bit liberated now that uh, Mike McCarthy is gone. I expect a great season from him, and they have some uh, running backs and good talent on wide receivers as always. And I hope uh, they step up. I you know I also kind of like that team. Um, I think it's going to be a dark fight though. I agree with you because Vikings are good, so are the Bears. Um, I still am not convinced on Kirk Cousins, so I'm going to leave the Vikings out of it for now. Um, okay. The last division is AFC West. This, uh, I mean, NFC West. And this also, unfortunately, is uh, kind of, for you and me, it's kind of easy, I think. It's the Rams. Uh, maybe there's more drama underneath them in the division, but I don't see anybody unseating Rams at this point. How about you? So, you know, thus far, I've done my best to be totally objective and really identify logically where I see, uh, you know, a team being better than the other teams in their division. Here, I couldn't care less. I'm like the Cardinals are winning the <laughs> NFC West. I, you know, and I, it's, 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 it's ridiculously stupid to, 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 to kind of predict that. But to me, just the fact that, uh, you know, they have an offense that no one has ever seen in the history of the NFL. The closest, I think, someone came close to replicating what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do was probably Chip Kelly. And Chip Kelly kind of tried to, you know, put his uh, egoistic stamp on it. I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury is trying, uh, you know, one of Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury's first things when he walked in was that we need a quarterback, a dual threat at quarterback. And he got Kyler. So to me, there is so much to look forward to as far as the Cardinals are concerned, that I am saying they will be, they will remind us of the 2008-2009 Cardinals and they will win the division. Maybe it will be 9-7, oh. and seven, but they will win the division. Oh, man. If I, if I knew you were going to be such a big fan, I would have uh, bet you on this. <laughs> <laughs> but the only, only, only thing worse than my uh, anti-Cleveland pick might be your pro-Arizona pick. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, that's good. If that happens, I think both of us will be happy. What about the wild card? 
wild card so i i i you know as as we discussed earlier to me the ones that will barely miss out on winning the division the two teams would be the eagles and the uh, packers so those would be the two that i would uh, uh, nominate as the potential wild card wild cards okay so so the contestants for that would be basically uh, you know uh from the nfc east and north whoever is not winning the division i would think well like you said in my case also it's philly or uh, vikings bears right because i picked the packers to win and also seattle san francisco on, in the west so finally it decided it's going to be like uh philly and the bears so that's my uh, guess like you said who knows right these these things tend to be wildly off especially in the nfl as opposed yeah. to baseball or basketball now on to the super bowl i i was kind of uh, disappointed when i finally came up with my projections because there seems to be nothing exciting it's i think it's going to be the saints and the patriots with uh, possibly the saints winning so i picked the saints to win and make it there first and then win over the patriots how about you I don't need to say anything more other than I had exactly the same lineup I had Saints we Patriots and uh looking at the roster as well as for emotional you know sake I'm like let Breeze win again and so Breeze will win against Brady Saints will beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl Nice that would be great Breeze is a is a you know great guy it, yeah, it seems yeah. like Cool um we should write it down and kind of revisit it how uh, to see how far off we are and uh um i like my chances given that you have picked arizona to win the west <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that anyways anything you want to add on uh, fantasy because i feel like uh, this is kind of a dead zone because most of the leagues have done their uh, drafting and then you have this situation where teams have played week 3 of the preseason nobody plays anybody worthwhile in week 4 we are waiting for that and then except for the you know roster cuts where there may be some news with some big names like i know the raiders cut uh, Doug Martin a few days back aside from that i feel like everybody is in this whole pattern both in fantasy and real nfl we can't wait for the season to start but there's not much we can do um any thoughts on you know fantasy wise anything that caught your eye anything that's relevant this week that was not last week nothing nothing outside uh, of what we have already discussed in our previous uh, podcast episode but uh, for the sake of uh, inducing a topic fantasy topic had a quick you know uh, uh, quick fire question for you arvin because mm-hmm. uh, i i was thinking of one guy as well who in the drafts that you've had thus far has been this one guy who you may have reached for a little bit and obviously this guy cannot be someone in the first consensus first two or three round guy yeah. but someone that was proje- that is being projected on adp as a late rounder but you may have reached for him a little bit and you're expecting him to cause some major havoc this year anyone like that among folks that you have drafted Uh, in your drafts thus far i had one now i'm losing my confidence it's uh, the niners receiver dante pettis okay i did uh, reach for him even in our league of record ravi i think i could have uh, probably gotten him like 3 rounds later um that was going to be one of my 
quote unquote sleeper pick, right? Who was worth reaching, but then the news out of Santa Clara has not been very encouraging. So don't be surprised if you see him on the waiver wire in a few weeks. But I'm still holding hope. Uh, how about you? Well, so what do you think you of know, Perez first, and then uh, your your pick as well? So you know, I actually in the in the league of record that you and I play together in, there was a guy from the 49ers that I thought you're going to name mm-hmm. because he's the guy on your roster who I feel was the absolute steal of the draft, and that's Breeder. Mm-hmm. I think you got him in the ninth round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And, uh, you know, to me, this situation has been the most uh, uh, weird since day one, wherein this guy played despite being injured basically to every part of his body, still did so well that he was um, in the top 10 running back, uh, you know, crowd for most of the season last year, has an year under Shanahan, comes in. Now, McKinnon is kind of shelved for more time. I know. So, there is the only thing that's preventing him from, again, being a top-rung running back is the presence of Tevin Coleman, which is not very different from the kind of role he has played in his career thus far. Breeder, exactly. that is. So, to, for him to fall to the ninth round, personally speaking, that was a gross miss on my part. But the fact that you got him there, I thought was the absolute steal. Well, thanks for uh, confirming my read. I totally agree with you word for word. And the other thing, too, is... You could make an argument all of the running backs, the Niners are uh, kind of injury prone. But this guy is tough, man. Last year, like you said, he, he's the only... Everybody got injured, but he's the only one who kept playing. Yes. And I'm counting on a great year from him. The only reason I didn't mention him, Ravi, is uh, I don't think he would have lasted much longer if I had not picked him there, right? So one of the class you put in was uh, that I reached. I don't feel yes. like I reached for him. Whereas you- Pettis, you could... You could definitely say I probably reached. And uh, uh, Breed, I agree with you on the projection. Uh, with Pettis, the projection is also going south. So it's a double whammy that way. Yeah. The, in, and the guy that I thought of in the same manner as you thought of Pettis, and coincidentally, I got him in the sixth round as well as Latavius Murray. Nice. You know, because I think his ADP is being uh, mapped against him being kind of a backup running back for the last few years but there are two things that made me feel very bullish about him one that before he went to minnesota that one season he had with the raiders he was explosive he was really good and it didn't seem like he had lost any of that speed and elusiveness when he was with the vikings it's just that there was an there was a dearth of opportunity and now he literally plugs himself into the quote-unquote mark ingram role and in my mind the floor for him will be Mark Ingram from last year. The nice. potential ceiling for him could be Mark Ingram from two years ago. Wow, so, interesting. So that's why I, frankly, again, I thought that when he fell to the sixth round, or he didn't fall for uh, into the sixth round, I think he's being picked up in the seventh and eighth round. But to me, and my craving in general for you know bagging as many running backs as possible, mm-hmm. made me think like, for him, I, I, I'm thinking of him to be much more of a, potential league winner than some of the rookies that were available at the time that we drafted him. Great. If you're so uh, bullish on him, yeah, you should. You did the right thing by grabbing him in the six because most people are saying his, his uh, ceiling is last year's Ingram, right? Mm. If you think that is his floor, that's that's great news for uh, Latavius Murray owners. Um, 
Cool. Anything else you want to hit before we uh, say uh, happy Labor Day to everybody and then we hopefully can sync up for episode four of the reboot soon, uh, sometime maybe uh, mid next week. Yes, let's do that. Uh, let's uh, hopefully try to uh, get one more in before the season actually starts. Worse come worse. Uh, uh, let's definitely sync up right after uh, the season kickoff next Thursday. Sounds good, right? Hey.